You're listening to the Spine Talk Podcast, presented by Texas Back Institute. For more information about Texas Back Institute, visit www.texasback.com. And now, your host, Art Young. What causes neck pain? We have a member of the Texas Back Institute surgical team to help us out and understand these reasons. And our guest this time on Spine Talk is Dr. Thomas Kaskowski, neurosurgeon at TBI. Welcome to Spine Talk, Dr. K. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Before we talk about the causes of neck pain, let's talk a little bit about you. You received your medical degree and did your residency at Johns Hopkins Hospital, not too shabby. And while at Johns Hopkins Hospital, uh, you completed a complex spine fellowship, followed by a postgraduate spine fellowship at Brown. Goodness. Uh, You have worked in the spinal outcomes and biomechanics laboratory at Johns Hopkins since uh, 2013. And you are a clinical consultant with the FDA. Goodness gracious. Welcome to the team. Thank you so much. I, you know, it's what, a great honor and pleasure. How did you get in? How did you get interested in? Uh, you're a neurosurgeon, but how did you get in, interested in the medical specialty of the spine? Yeah. So, I mean, I originally went into neurosurgery with a great interest in brain tumors, and then uh, over time, since our training is so heavily uh, spine focused, you know. Um, I eventually developed a great interest in spinal pathologies. Uh, I really enjoyed working with the patients. I enjoyed the complex anatomy and the the complex treatment uh, paradigms involved in treating spine patients. And I really enjoy that every single spine patient is is very is different in a particular way. And as a result, you need to tailor the therapies. Uh, very differently from one patient to the other. So it's very challenging and yet very rewarding. That's great. Well, welcome aboard. Uh, how did you uh, How did you decide on uh, coming to Dallas uh, at Plano and North Texas with Texas Back Institute? Well, so I had known about Texas Back several years back, and uh, at that time I had always thought of it as a orthopedic surgery group, uh, only recently have they started uh, getting neurosurgeons into the group, and so this was a uh, wonderful opportunity. Uh, I had always had a tremendous amount of respect for this institute, both from their clinical outcomes as well as their uh, research productivity, and so uh, I couldn't resist the opportunity to join them. That's great. Well, this this piece today, welcome aboard again. This piece today uh, we're, we want to talk about the neck, and strangely, in the nine years that we've done these Spine Talk interviews, we really haven't covered the neck much, and it, it's uh, it's one of those areas that causes a lot of pain due to muscle strain and other kind of more benign causes, but it, it comprises spinal bones, muscles, and other tissues, and exposed to a lot of risk to injury. One of the articles that I noticed uh, notes that, that that a lot of these pains start on the, are, are on the right side, and I I wonder what the significance of that. Is. Why is it on the right side and not the left side or either side? You know, I mean, so every uh, single patient is going to have kind of a different 
presentation and pathology. Right side, I mean, most of us are right-hand dominant, and so uh, we we are more cognizant uh, about uh, problems on the on the right side. Uh, there's more usage on the right side, so we could put more strain in regards to the muscles. Um, and so, but you know, I mean, neck pain can also be on the left side or or bilaterally. Okay. Well, good. That's that. That's good to know. We have eight causes uh, that that this this trending story uh, talks about, and I want to I want to get your comments and your your thoughts about each one of them. And and as uh, we'll, we won't get into the deep deep one in the weeds, but I want to have a little uh, discussion about the eight causes, the common causes of neck pain. And the first one is degeneration or wear and tear. What what does that mean? And uh, I, I assume it has to do with the vertebrae and disc. But how does that occur? And 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 what can you do about it? Yeah. So you know, all of, this is part of the natural process, and all of us undergo wear and tear over time. Uh, some of us undergo it faster than others, and uh, that's influenced by our professions, lifestyle, posture, and then also genetics. And so there's some things that, you know, even if we make lifestyle changes, we just can't avoid the, our genetic predispositions. Um, but all of us undergo it uh, over time. And basically, as we get older, our discs get shorter in height, you know, you have you develop bulges. You can sometimes develop herniations. Uh, the joints themselves also uh, undergo uh, wear and tear, and so there could be bone spurs. Likewise, the ligaments can also grow and cause some compression. So there's a multi uh, multitude of different things that occur during degeneration, but ultimately the end result is potential narrowing of either the spinal cord, uh, spinal canal, and or the neural foramina where the nerve roots exit. Okay, and the, and the basic treatment for that is either, what, physical therapy or surgery or uh, other other means? Yeah, so, I, I mean, it really depends on the patient and how severe it is. So, uh, oftentimes, if the patient doesn't have any major neurologic deficits, no signs of myelopathy, which is really uh, what that means is spinal cord irritation, uh, then we we start off with physical therapy. And vast majority of cases of neck pain can resolve and improve with non-surgical measures. In, in the situations that surgery is warranted, where you have some sort of... Uh, clinical symptomatology and that correlates with the radiographic imaging, surgery can be actually extremely effective and, um, you know, cervical spinal surgeries are actually known to have very good outcomes uh, when uh, when uh, indicated. Okay. Well, the second uh, reason for neck pain, uh, at least on this list, is bad sleeping position. Explain what's a what's a bad and what's a good sleeping position and why that would cause neck pain. Yeah, not, so I mean that's that's a, a huge component or contributor to to neck pain. Uh, so s 
sleep is something that you know, we don't pay much attention to, but has a tremendous amount of impact on our neck. And uh, it's very important to have one, good sleeping positions, and two, to have a good bed and pillows. Um, if you have a poor, uh, a, a bad pillow, for example, the, it could put a lot of stress on the neck, uh, put your neck at certain angles and tilts that are not uh, natural, and as a result can cause muscle strain uh, and, and even sometimes neural impingement. Um, likewise, sleeping position, and everyone is going to be different in terms of what their preferred sleeping positions are. Uh, I, myself, if if I have patients who are coming in with neck pains, I recommend to them to try uh, sleeping in a side position with a good pillow to support the neck, such that their cervical spine or their neck is in a neutral position. And so as a result, you're not tilting your head side to side. It's It's in a very natural position. Great. Well, the third uh, uh, listing is a nonspecific neck pain, and it, it's caused by uh, poor posture. Uh, we've done a piece on text neck where someone's looking at their phone all day long. Uh, aside from getting better posture and, and trying, to, uh, trying to set your phone up a little higher, uh, how does one know that this, this is not serious and, uh, and needs to come see you? Is, is, is posture and text necks uh, got any kind of pain specific to them, or is it uh, you have to pretty much diagnose that? Yeah, so you know this is something that all of us uh, are, are guilty of, including surgeons, uh, is is posture, and uh, it has a tremendous amount of impact in terms of developing spinal pathology in the neck, uh, as well as aggravating symptoms. Uh, so. Things to look out for, you know, mo most people when they have uh, strain on their neck uh, from poor posture uh, are going to feel muscular pain. And it's going to be an aching pain oftentimes at the base of their neck uh, around their uh, C7 spinous process or, or lower cervical spine. And it's going to feel like a burning pain. Uh, and and that's basically if if you feel that and have no other symptoms, the best thing is you just have to kind of take a break from the posture that you're in, and then resume w making sure that you kind of have a better posture, better sitting position. Um, a lot of people who are developing neck pains oftentimes are people who are sitting at a desk for many hours at a time. Um, now, when it becomes serious, so thing, there's a couple symptoms to look out for. I mean, so um, the neurologic uh, deterioration, as in weakness in the arms, potential in the legs, numbness and tingling in the arms, shooting pains, down the arms, and then loss of dexterity in the hands. So clumsiness in the hands or clumsiness with walking are all things that uh, should trigger someone to uh, look into this a little bit further. That's great. Well, this the next one on the list is something we can all identify with. It's stress and anxiety. Stress can cause muscles to tighten. Uh, 
I, I, aside from <laughs> deep counseling, I don't know how you deal with stress, but I bet you know how. How can someone, how can someone uh, reduce the stress level on their muscles in the neck? Absolutely. I mean, psychological factors have a tremendous amount of impact in terms of how we perceive pain, you know. And so uh, stressful situations also make us think of pain and concentrate and focus on it more. So, um, and, and that brings it out and intensifies it. So stress management is very important, easier said than done. All of us have our different coping strategies uh, myself, I'm very into fitness and uh, try to uh, tunnel my stress into that. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's it's important to find some sort of coping strategy to try to work uh, on handling stress. And oftentimes that will also have an impact in terms of the pain uh, that you have in terms of your neck and hopefully uh, alleviating it. That's great. That's good advice. Uh, another number five on our list is, and I'm going to I'm, uh, apologize in advance to listeners and to you, doctor, but I'm going to probably mess up this term. Sudden onset or acute torticolitis. Is that the correct pronunciation or is it something else? Yes, yes, yeah, close. It's, it's torticollis. Um, okay. And, yeah, and that's essentially tightening of the sternocleidomastoid muscle. Uh, so sometimes, oftentimes it's in one side, Sometimes it can be in both, and it basically puts a lot of strain uh, on the neck, uh, both from the muscular standpoint, but also putting the head into a position that is unnatural and puts stress on the nerve roots. You know, it's not a, a very common, but it does uh, occur in a good uh, subset of the population. All right. Uh, next on the list is another difficult to pronounce, but it's a very fascinating uh, challenge injury, brachial plexus injury. Uh, this is this is kind of refers back to what you talked about with the hands and the pain in the hand. Explain what that is and and how to fix that. Yeah, so brachial plexus injury. I mean, it, it, you know, there's there's a, a a large gradient in terms of how severe uh, of an injury you can have. I mean, you know, I've seen. Uh, the the full spectrum from just uh, stretches and sprains of the brachial plexus that will eventually resolve on their own to complete avulsions from motorcycle accidents and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, vast majority of people have just the, the sprains and strains, and uh, that with time hopefully should resolve. Um, in the situations that there is a major uh, avulsion injury, then you end up having to do some sort of reconstruction of the brachial plexus. That's a more complex surgery. And and how does that how does that tie to the hand? I, I'm I'm oh, fascinated. Yeah. Yes, and so the brachial plexus is is uh, is essentially the group of nerves that are coming from the cervical spine. And this group of nerves is responsible for innervating the arms. So it goes from all the way from shoulder muscles all the way to that, down to the hand muscles. And so each particular nerve has a different function. And when the brachial plexus is stretched in certain regions, it can have an effect on your hands. Wow. Well, next on the list is whiplash, the sudden jolt to the neck. Uh, 
and the head jolts forward and then back very quickly. Uh, how do you treat uh, both common and more severe whiplash? So, um, I mean, it, in many situations, whiplash will eventually uh, resolve on its own. I mean, whiplash is largely uh, strain and injury to, to the soft tissues and ligaments of the cervical spine. Uh, now, in situations, whiplash can also be severe and, uh, and result in fractures, of the cervical spine and, and uh, uh, a more severe presentation. In, in those situations, you know, if you're having constant neck pain that's not resolving, that's getting worse, and you're develop and or you're developing possible neurologic deficits, that's a situation that you want to get that evaluated. Good advice. The last on the list, and this is another one I'll probably uh, murder: a cervical radiculopathy. Is that close? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. Cervical... I, I think of it as I think of it as a pinched nerve, but you've got a I'm sure a more interesting uh, description for it. And and how do you treat it? Yeah. No. I mean, you're you're right on. Uh, cervical radiculopathy is essentially it's it's it is pinching of the nerve or impingement on the nerve. Um, down the spinal canal, uh, you have the spinal cord, and out of each level. Each level has a foramen or hole that the nerve roots come out of. And these nerve roots, as they're traveling out of the spinal canal and then out into the body where they innervate, uh, they can get pinched off. And when they get pinched, they get aggravated. And one of the symptoms that you can feel is radiculopathy. And radiculopathy uh, presents oftentimes as a shooting pain down the arms, and that's uh, uh, a good indicator that that nerve root is being impinged or at least irritated. Um, you know, other things that you have to look out for with radiculopathy is some sort of weakness or numbness in, in a particular region of the arms. And so, you know, where that weakness and numbness occurs helps us localize where's that, which, which nerve is being pinched off. Well, there you have it. Those are the eight common, and, and a couple of them are not so common, but eight potential causes, let's say, of nerve pain. Uh, I, I, I find this fascinating, and it's, it's a very vulnerable area of the body. Dr. K, thank you for joining us and explaining all this stuff. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is Art Young for Spine Talk, and we will talk again soon. Thanks for listening to the Spine Talk podcast. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast app, join the conversation on our social media pages, and to find more information, visit www.texasback.com.